Well, good morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. Glad to have you tune in this week. I'd like to remind you that if you haven't already given to our Christmas fund, that we just have a couple of weeks left. Everything that is donated, 100%, is going to uh, one of two projects. The first one is uh, with correspondence with Living Word Temple, uh, our inner city church, where we have 12 families and 30 kids that we want to give a hamper to and uh, to look after them. And anything over and above that is actually going to be going into our food bank as well to help assist the North End. On the other hand is uh, our care point, or the care point called Manguini in East Watini, where we want to be able to help provide uh, the basics in food for a community that is really hurting, and, and especially because of COVID. Uh, and so if you can uh, and you want to give, please feel free to do so. And thank you for those who have already done so. Well, as you know, today is the first Sunday of December, and... Uh, yeah, it's already December. Go figure. <laughs> and, and with that, I trust that you're planning your Christmas list, uh, your Christmas watch list. And I'll say this, um, Hallmark movies don't make that watch list. Just saying, just throwing it out there. But I'm pretty sure you're going to watch movies like Jingle All the Way, that you're going to watch A Christmas Carol, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, Elf, you can't not but watch that one. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, and I'm sure I'm getting to get the little uh, comments in the uh, comment chart as I talk about all this. What about the Santa Claus? What about the Grinch or Scrooge? What about White Christmas? What about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? The Muppet Christmas Carol, right? Miracle on 34th Street for you who are um, sentimental. Uh, a Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, and of course, Die Hard. Just saying, just throwing it out there. And then the best Christmas cartoons out there, the uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, the, the Grinch, right? That's stellar. Polar Express for those who like that. Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Okay, um, or, or there's, and, and here's the classics. Here's where I'm dating myself. I'm sorry, nothing beats 1964 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1969 Frosty the Snowman, 1970, right? The Santa Claus is coming to town. And, of course, for me, the best of all, 1965 Charlie Brown's Christmas. Huh? Huh? And each of those movies, you all have your own favorite scenes, everything else. But the best scene, I have to say this, the best scene of them all is this. Watch. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Linus is quoting from Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. But is that what the angels really met that night outside of Bethlehem? Because if it was, if the angels were really making some sort of prediction in connection with the birth of Jesus and peace, you know, maybe it didn't come to pass. Because newsflash is, take a look at our world. The fact of the matter is, our earth is not at peace. We have issues in Afghanistan, in Yemen, in Ethiopia, in Burkina Faso, in Libya, in the U.S., Iran, Israel, and the Persian Gulf stuff going on. The U.S. and North Korea. We have Kashmir, Venezuela, Belarus. Issues happening in northern Nigeria. Not to mention closer to home with our own health care issues and COVID and racial injustice and addiction issues and refugee issues and gun violence and euthanasia. It's there. Historians actually tell us that in the roughly last 3,300 3, years, approximately only 300 of those years have been without war. They say that as many as 8,000 treaties have been broken over that time. And yet, when we take a look at Christmas, we know that Christmas is all about peace. Right? We sing uh, our Christmas carols about peace. But to some, it seems to be a big farce. A mockery. Because there's so much hurting in our world. There's so much harming of one another. There, there is so much destruction. There is so many wars. And there's so little peace. Peace seems to be but really just an echo from the distant past. You know, there, there's an original verse from one of our Christmas carols which has sub subsequently been omitted with many of the newer versions out there. I know because I've been listening on Spotify to try to find this carol. And uh, the original lyrics that were written. It went like this, Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel's strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angel sing. Any idea what carol that's from? It came upon a midnight clear. You see, Jesus Himself said in Matthew 24, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars and see that you're not frightened for these things must take place. Did you hear that? So if we've been thinking that there was to be no more conflict or combat after the birth of Jesus, I think we've been hearing the angels in the wrong way. So what then is this Christmas peace, the peace of which the angels spoke? We all long for peace in our lives without question. And yet, peace is sadly lacking in our world. People are full of worry. They're full of anxiety. Relationships are full of conflict and stress. The world is full of conflict and wars. And this is where we find ourselves today. Now, I've been watching The Crown on Netflix. Actually, I, okay, I've been binging like everybody else. And I finished it. And uh, I'm a history buff. And so when I'm watching the TV, I always have my phone in hand. I begin to scroll down rabbit holes and uh, to verify historical content. Where, you know, my wife gets crazy. You're not paying attention. No, I am. I just want to make sure what I'm watching is true or if it's some sort of embellishment. And then one of my 
digressions, one of my rabbit holes that I came across, uh, uh, the, the phrase, keep calm and carry on. Now, uh, at first I always thought this was like something to do with Monty Python or anything else like that, but what I found out is that this slogan was used as a motivational poster that was produced by the British government in 1939 in preparation for World War II. And so the poster was done and it was placed out there and intended to raise morale of the British public who, who felt threatened by the intimate air attacks coming their way. And so as I began to contemplate this phrase, I began to think about you know, how appropriate this phrase is to communicate the truth of Christmas. Especially during this time that we find ourselves in right now. In light of Jesus Christ bursting into our world, to bring what? Hope, and to bring peace, and to bring joy, but most of all, salvation. We of all people, when you think about it, believers in Christ should and need to keep calm and carry on. And so this Christmas season, I'm endeavoring to remind us of those reasons associated with Jesus' coming so that we, we can keep calm and carry on. The prophet Isaiah prophesied some 700 years before the birth of Christ. He said, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, today we, we consider uh, Jesus as the Prince of Peace, and yet we live in this world that is constantly looking for peace. And that's where Jesus comes in. You know, because Jesus is not only our hope at Christmas, He is also our peace. And it is only in Jesus that we will really, truly ever obtain peace on earth. You see, Bill Bright in his book, Life Without Equals, he actually quotes from a debate in the House of Commons back in 1946, where somebody said, there will never be an agreement at the peace tables of the world or rest in the individual heart until the Prince of Peace reigns supreme in the hearts of men. And again, this is what the Advent candle of peace is all about today. Part of the Christmas story, part of the Christmas message that, that Jesus brings us peace. So let me encourage you today to, to keep calm. You know, Christmas is coming and peace is here. You know, not only can we keep calm because His name is Emmanuel, God with us, but because He is here. Peace is here. And the idea of this peace was communicated first by this angelic announcement of His birth to these shepherds, you know, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The truth of peace was further communicated by Jesus Himself throughout His earthly ministry. You know, let's just take some time, put a couple of those texts before us. Let's then contemplate for a few moments God's ideal for us that we would be people, as believers, we would be people who continually experience peace. We've already heard, read the portion of Luke chapter 2 with the announcement of the birth of the angels that comes with the encouragement to do not be afraid. And what's the response? The response is joy. In John chapter 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. And if you notice in this passage, which 
comes near to the end of Jesus' life. He's preparing His disciples for His death. And uh, Jesus communicates several things to them at this time. And so first He tells them that He's leaving. And that He's leaving, but He's also going to leave His peace with them. So that even though they will no longer see Him, He intends for them to have His peace. And secondly, this peace that Jesus is offering is His peace. And again, it's very personal. It's very intimate. And when you think about it, it's the same peace that accompanies Jesus in His final agonizing moments of His life. And that's the peace that He's leaving. Jesus also distinguishes this peace that He's leaving with us with the peace that might come from the world. And just as the announcement from the angels at His birth, this this statement of peace comes with this accompanying encouragement of not to be afraid. In John 16, we read, I've told you these things so that you... um, I have told you these things so that in Me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I've conquered the world. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I've conquered the world. Here again, at the end of his discussion with his disciples, he summarizes about his death. He's he's summarizing uh, his offering, his offering of peace. And notice at, uh, uh, at the peace that was to come was in Jesus. That Jesus is the source of peace. Also that Jesus acknowledged that there would be unpleasant events that would attempt to disrupt theirs and our peace. And even in light of that, which might seek to disrupt the peace, both for the disciples and for us, we find our peace where? In Jesus. Again, we're encouraged not to be troubled. Instead, we're encouraged to have courage. Why? Because Jesus Himself says to us, look at, I have overcome the world. And so peace is this five-letter elusive word that um, I imagine there's possibly somebody who's watching right now who just says, look, at, I, I, I want peace. I want peace for my past. I want the security of peace for you know, the future. I, I want peace in my home. I want peace in my head, right? I want peace with God. Well, there's good news. Peace was the announcement of Jesus on that night of His birth, and it was the promise of Jesus before His death. You know, as as it was with the disciples and the one that we call Doubting Thomas, right? We read in John 20, a week later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Thomas the doubter, right? I won't believe. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. And what does He say? Peace. Peace be with you. So peace was even the promise of Jesus even after His death and resurrection. And so if we attempt to summarize these New Testament texts about peace, I, I, I think here is the way we could probably say it, first and foremost, that peace is not in the absence of pain. Peace is not in the absence of pain. Look, at Jesus had pain. He knew the pain of rejection. He knew the pain of the death of the cross. He knew the pain of anticipating death. He anticipated the pain of His disciples. And you know what? He knows your pain. And when Jesus says that in Him we have peace, He's not saying that we will not experience pain. In fact, He gives us encouragement because He knows, He knows 
that we will have pain. Also, peace is not in the absence of problems. Jesus foreshadows the problems. He announces the problems ahead of time for us. You know, we want to live in this world that is problem-free, right? But we know that that's not even possible. That's not even realistic. And so with that realization, we have to come to the conclusion that, that peace is a person. This idea of peace comes in in John chapters 14 to 16 in ver- several different ways. In John 14, 6, Jesus declared about himself that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is the reference about the way to heaven. So peace with God and eternity in heaven is through Jesus. And I'm convinced that we will never arrive at peace until, uh, about this life until we have peace about the life to come in eternity. This is the starting place to real peace. And so Jesus brings to us peace with God. We read in Romans 5.1 that therefore since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that we're not naturally at peace with God. The Bible tells us that our sins have separated us from God and it's only through Jesus and faith in Him that we are brought into a relationship of peace with our God, our Creator. When God first sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, he sent angel, uh, Gabriel with a message of peace. We read it in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, he said, don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. So Mary's troubled at the angel's greeting. But the angel spoke words of peace and assurance to her, telling her not to be afraid because God was with her and that she had found favor with God. I don't know about you, but I won't, you know, how did Mary, why did Mary find favor with God? The only way any of us could find favor with God, you know, how? how? And she had faith, obviously. She had faith in God. She had faith in God and the promise of the Messiah to come. And like so many Old Testament believers before her, she had faith in Christ before Christ even came. And now God has chosen her to be the vessel through which His Son would now enter the world. God sends an angel also to Joseph, Mary's husband-to-be. The angel tells Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, she'll give birth to his son. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. That name Jesus means salvation. Jesus is given this name because He promised He was the promised Savior who came to give us peace with God by saving us from our sins. When John the Baptist was born three months before Jesus, John's father, Zacharias, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to prophesy about John. And in this prophecy, he spoke about how John would go before Jesus, preparing the way for this one who would would bring us peace with God through the forgiveness of our sins. You know, we can listen to Zechariah's words about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, to guide our feet 
to the path of peace. And how does Jesus do this? Why is it that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus finds peace with God? It's because of what Jesus did at the cross. Jesus was born into this world to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could be restored to a right relationship of peace with God. You know, we read in Isaiah 53, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. And that that's the first and the foremost important thing about the Advent candle of peace. It reminds us at Christmas that Jesus brings us peace with God. But you know what? Jesus also brings us peace with ourself. Sin not only separates us from God, but sin brings actually separation within our own being. We, we're conflicted beings, right? We're constantly fighting anxiety. We're fighting stress. We're fighting inner turmoil. And we all desperately need inner peace. And Jesus came not only to bring peace with God, but also personal peace within ourselves. Are you listening to this? You know, in that Charlie Brown clip that I showed earlier, something significant happens to Linus who's known for taking his security blanket everywhere he goes. That's who Linus was. That's his character. He needed that security blanket. But something happens to Linus when he's quoting the Scripture, and that scriptural announcement, at one point he drops his blanket. What a powerful illustration. That, that, that is made by design in a cartoon. In the book of Luke, God has promised a man named Simeon, that he would see the Messiah before he died. And wouldn't you know it, the Holy Spirit moved Simeon to go into the temple courts, just as Mary and Joseph were bringing baby Jesus into the temple. And, and we read in Luke chapter 2 that Simeon then took Jesus in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, now you can dismiss your servant, where? In peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight for all people. And Simeon is a wonderful example of Jesus bringing in personal peace. You know, sometimes we all talk about our bucket lists and all the things we want to do and accomplish before we finish our lives here on earth. Well, apparently, Simeon only had one thing on his bucket list. He wanted to see the Messiah before he died. When he finally did, when he finally saw Jesus, he saw all that he needed. He praised God saying, now you can dismiss your servant in peace. And so Simeon embraced Jesus. And he was at peace within himself. So when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ, you, we not only receive peace with God, right, but we also receive the peace of God to help us through the difficult circumstances in life. When you know Jesus, everything can be going crazy around you, and you can still have this strange type of peace within ourselves. You know, sometimes we feel that everything else around us is out of control, but let me uh, take a moment and say that that's okay. That's okay. And, and that's what the body of believers around you is for. That there is a family of faith. Faith-like believers who want to bear your burden. 
who want to pray for you, who want to uphold you, who want to walk with you, who want to reassure you, even though that you might be in a situation where you feel like you don't have any peace, you are surrounded by those who care. They are Christ's representatives, Christ's ambassadors. They are Jesus with skin on. I want to quote an email I received earlier this week, uh, which is really applicable to our, our theme this morning. And the email was addressed to me personally, and it actually had much to say, but this portion of it really stood out. It re- read this this is what it said. In the early days of Seoul, you made the reference to the community coming around with umbrellas to protect from the storm and to hold up the umbrella when somebody else couldn't. Right now, as leaders, we need to lean on each other and take turns holding the umbrella when somebody feels they don't have the strength to do it. God has a plan. He is in control. So this peace with God results in peace within ourselves. And if the burgeoning industry of things therapeutic is any indication, there are a lot of people who are not at peace with themselves these days. You just have to look at the psychology and the self-help sections on Amazon because you can't go into Indigo. And if you look at those books, you're going to see that most of them are written to give peace to people who are in some kind of turmoil and in turmoil over past failures, over unfulfilled expectation, declining relationships, financial problems, over everything from career boredom to sexuality to flabby thighs. Just saying, throwing it out there. The philosopher Albert Camus, he said this, he has called our era an age of overt anxiety. You remember a few weeks ago I talked about Philippians chapter 4? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or better yet, remember how we said it? Anxious in nothing, prayer and everything, thankful in anything, peace. And notice that this wonderful peace of God is only available in and through Jesus. The Bible says the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Him. And then Jesus also brings peace with others. I think we have a wonderful example of this in the early Christmas story. When Joseph first heard that Mary was pregnant, he considered breaking off the engagement. He obviously was terribly hurt and confused in this process, thinking that Mary was unfaithful to him. But then again, in Matthew 1, the angel shows up and talks to Joseph. and uh, Well, he ha- actually has his dream. And uh, after he had this dream, after he considered this, the angel of the Lord then appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. So here, he's being communicated to. And it continues on. It says, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. If Mary was pregnant with any other child, Joseph would most likely have broken the engagement. But this wasn't any other child, and he had this divine encounter. This was Jesus, and he was conceived in in her from the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, even before he was born, brought peace between Joseph and Mary and actually kept their marriage from falling apart. You know, we go through many challenges in this life. 
And one of the most difficult is when our relationships are in turmoil. And that's when we need to ask Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come and to bring peace into our relationships. Right? To intervene, to restore, to reconcile. We read this, we, we, we read this about Jesus in, in Ephesians 2, for He Himself is our peace, who has made the two one, has destroyed the bearer, dividing the dividing wall of all hostility. So Jesus came down to break barriers, to bridge the gaps, to bring people together, to restore peace to our damaged relationships. And as believers in Christ, we are called to follow those footsteps. Colossians 3.15 says that let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since of members of one body you were called to peace. And finally, Jesus will bring peace on earth. The angels who announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, they proclaimed the peace that Jesus would bring to our planet. <coughs> Excuse me. This was a peace that was actually prophesied in the Old Testament, again, back in the book of Isaiah. He will judge between the nations and he will settle the disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And some people say, well, how do we know that Isaiah was talking about Jesus bringing peace and not just God in general? Well, if you flip forward a few more chapters to Isaiah 9, we find that these words uh, uh, about who will ultimately bring peace to earth. It says, for... To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And this is a very clear prophecy about Jesus, uh, who was born as a child, who will be called the Prince of Peace, who will one day rule in peace over all the earth. But it even gets better than that because this peace on earth will not only bring an end to the war amongst all nations, it will even extend to the nature of the animal kingdom. So for all you animal lovers out there, this is what we read in Isaiah 11. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. Isn't that crazy? And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. Are you nuts? They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Truly, truly, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And it even gets better than that. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus will not only bring peace on earth, but will bring peace to a whole universe and He will reconcile all things to Himself in heaven and on earth. We read this in Colossians chapter 1, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. And so this verse in Colossians brings us right back to where we started. The reason Jesus brings peace with God, He brings peace with self, peace with others, and peace on earth, it all goes back to the cross. 
And without Jesus shedding his blood on the cross, there would be no peace. Without Jesus being born as a baby at Christmas, there'd be no cross. And so I asked, do you have peace with God this morning? Again, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins so that you and I could be forgiven and restored and, and have a right relationship with God. And if you would want to talk about this even further, I would simply ask you to contact us at the office. You can text or call the number on the screen, or you can e just email us at info, and we would just love to talk to you. Let me ask this. Do you have peace within yourself this morning? You know, if your faith is in G Christ, then you need to be re rest assured that Jesus hasn't abandoned you, but has, has come to live in you by His Holy Spirit. And He offers you His peace. Again, we have to be reminded of His words, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, and I do not give it to you as the world gives, so don't let your heart be troubled, and don't be afraid. You know, do we have peace on earth this morning? I wish we did. We don't have it yet. But we have the promise of peace on earth to come. And God has never broken his promise. You know, the angels proclaim to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill towards man. And those words of promise, they still ring in the air this Christmas season, especially as we take the time to worship and to adore Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace. So, how are you today? Are you feeling peace? Some of you can say, yeah, I have this peace. I'm, I'm good. I'm confident. It, it's okay. Others are going, you know, my world's falling, around, falling apart around me, but I, yeah, I, I got this peace. I can't quite explain it, but I'm trusting in God. Some of you are going, I just need some help. Let me just say, it's okay to feel that way, and if you need help, just reach out to us. We have a therapist on site. We have some uh, tools to put into your hands. And we want you to know that we're here for you in any way, shape, or form. But we need you to reach out to us. You can call that number that was on the screen. You can call our office. You can email us uh, off our website. But reach out. We want to help. Let's pray, shall we? God, we dream of a world free of poverty, free of oppression, and we yearn for a world free of vengeance and violence. So God, today we pray for peace. When our hearts ache for victims of war and oppression, help us to remember that you, that you healed people by simply touching them. And give us, God, faith in our ability to comfort and heal bodies and minds and spirits that maybe have been broken by violence and conflict. When the injustice of this world seems too much for us, too much for us to handle, help us to remember that, that you fed 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish, and that gives us hope of what we have to offer. In turn, would be just enough to the best of our ability. When we fear the power and opinions of others, when it tempts us not to speak up for the least among us. Help us remember that you dared turn over the tables of the money changers. So God, give us the courage to risk following you without having to count a cost. 
when we find ourselves just filled with anger at those who are violent and oppressive, God, help us to remember that you prayed for those who killed you. And give us compassion for our enemies as well. When we tell ourselves that we have given all that we can to bring peace to this world, just help us to remember your sacrifice. And give us the miracle of losing a little more of ourselves and serving you and our neighbors. Walk with us. And Jesus, as we answer your call to be peacemakers, my prayer is that you would increase our compassion, our generosity, our hospitality for the least of your children. So God, give us courage. Give us patience. Give us a serenity, a, the, the self-honesty and the gentleness of spirit that is needed in a world filled with turmoil and terror. And so God, we pray for peace. Peace in our hearts, peace in our homes, peace in our nation, peace in our world. The peace of your will and the peace of our need. Amen. In ancient times, the one who blessed extended his hands for a blessing. Those receiving a blessing did likewise. Soul Sanctuary. Make sure that you test positive for faith. Keep your distance from doubt and isolate yourself from fear. Trust in God through it all. And soul, remember to be anxious in nothing, to give prayer in everything, to be thankful in anything, and to breathe peace. Now go and live the church.